0: Hello and welcome to the Real Love Film Podcast. I am your host, as always, Connor Rock, and my co-host is back today. Yay! I hey, hello everybody. Hey Justin, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to talk to you today. It's been far, far too long, and I feel bad about that. Very, very bad. <laughs> uh, now that the uh, uh,
1: holidays are over and things have settled down, yeah, you know, it's a good time to you know pick back up with recording, and I definitely miss talking um, with you about film.
0: I wanted to dive into our two. We're going to do two reviews this week. Two movies that we have been putting off reviewing for the last month, and now we're we're jumping on right when the train is hot. <laughs> Not really, but, but I'm excited to talk about them. <laughs> we definitely. Uh, <laughs> Um, we, we maybe missed the ball on these ones, but I'm still excited to talk about them and get my thoughts out and get and hear Justin's take on, on both these movies. So the first movie we're going to be talking about is Wonder Woman 1984, and then we're going to be diving into Tenet after that. Let us start with Wonder Woman 1984.
1: My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You?
0: So many times. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted.
1: I can save today, but you can save the world.
0: Take what I want in return.
1: Everyone will see. is born from lies
0: and greatness is not what you think That's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Wonder Woman 1984 came out just a, like a, almost a month ago now in December, just on Christmas Day. And Wonder Woman 1984 is the sequel to the 2017 film Wonder Woman. And it basically is, I don't even know how to summarize Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Like, I <laughs> my thoughts have, have have kind of washed away a little bit on this one. Um, the movie basically starts with a training montage of Wonder Woman when she is a girl, and I think honestly this is the movie at its peak. Um, it shows like what you would imagine, like a Roman times, like a gladiator kind of contest. Gladiator but no,
1: we, games, yeah. Yeah,
0: gladiator yeah. games. Exactly. Um, you get to see. You get to see um, Wonder Woman's like uh, her mom and her, her I guess like her, I don't even know like her role model. Um, so that was fun, and the the girl that plays young Wonder Woman is really really good. And um, I I just think there's a lot of spectacle in that scene, and it really caught my attention. The music, I think that's one thing that I can go back to with this movie is I loved the score. I think the score is really bombastic, and it's Hans Zimmer. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, there's, there's a few things to kind of pick apart about it that I think I'll get into a little bit later that kind of hint at, I think, some of the problems I had with this movie, but, but enough about that, Justin, what did you think of Wonder Woman 1984?
1: You know, I know, um, you know, watching the film, I I, I didn't even watch the movie on HBO Max first. I did go watch it theatrically at a art house theater. Uh, while I was visiting my family back in North Carolina. And so that was my first exposure to the film. And so even though I enjoyed watching the film on the big screen, um, when I really thought about it later, I was like, this was really not that great of a film. And (laughs) I know the film had multiple release dates. In fact, the film was originally supposed to get released in the fall of 2019, but the studio pushed it back because it was going to end up competing with Frozen 2. And we all know that when Disney puts something on the calendar, you don't really want to really go before it or really uh, after it because yeah, you're more than likely going to like 50 $2 billion. billion
0: dollars, so. mm-hmm. Or something close to, to it.
1: Buried. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so the film ended up getting pushed to... Um, June of 2020 and of course we all know that the pandemic hit at um, you know the early um, months of 2020 and the yeah, film ended up just times. Yeah, um, it was supposed to come out in June and then they said okay August and then October and finally getting pushed to
0: push. a Christmas uh, day What's that? I forgot it was pushed to October too. I, f- I thought it yeah, was it, to August. I forgot it was exactly. October.
1: Exactly and the thing is theaters um, depending on where you were at, they didn't really start to open until like beginning or towards the end of August, some locations a little sooner, but the studios, they just didn't know where to place this movie and it ended up landing on Christmas day. And then it became the, the story (laughs) ended up becoming whether this film is going to stick its Christmas date or not. And then at the beginning of December is when you hear that HBO has now decided to, Release its 2021 slate of films that were going to be theatrical releases, and decided to have this strategy of releasing these films on HBO Max for 30 days, and also simultaneously releasing these films theatrically wherever theaters are open. Yeah. And so, um, in fact, I just saw an article this week about the streaming numbers or the the minutes for Wonder Woman, and I think it was like 1.7 billion minutes or some, something like that.
0: Yeah, it was like um, 2.7. 2. It was like
1: 2.7. 2 yeah. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, you know, before the pandemic, this made me realize how much of a movie snob I was because I would always give films that were given a theatrical release much more attention to films that debut yeah. directly on streaming platforms. And so I think had I watched Wonder Woman, at home first, uh, my opinion of it would be even more like, uh. Um, but, you know, I watched it once theatrically and I watched the film once on HBO Max, and my opinion hasn't changed much. Um, out of four stars, I give the movie two. It's fair. Um, Connor is right, definitely, when, he, you know, he brought up the beginning of the film. Um, that was the peak of the film itself. Yeah. And after that, it just sort of. Just descend it slowly but surely from
0: there. um I want to talk about like a few things that like I liked about the movie, and you might agree with. Yeah, me. so let, let's start with what we actually <laughs> liked about
1: the film. Yeah. we could go on and on about what
0: we did not like about it. So there are certain things that I kind of like want to respond to because I feel like there's kind of a consensus with this film, and I I saw what was really interesting is when this movie came out, and not to get too much in the weeds, but when before this movie came out, it was sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at like a 90 plus percent. It debuted tomatoes. with
1: a high score.
0: Yeah, so it it was looking really good and I I was hearing nothing but good good word, like good word of mouth. And it's it is so interesting cuz when the movie came out on Christmas Day, that soured and that soured really fast, like it the started score like
1: plummeted.
0: Yep. And I I've not seen that with a film before and it it's really interesting cuz it makes you wonder if HBO was selectively just releasing the reviews that, that looked good for the film. And they, I don't know, it, it, it was an interesting kind of sight to see. And I just remember, just like a personal anecdote, I remember I could tell that a lot of people watch this movie because like on my social medias, like everyone was talking about it and they, most people were, were pretty harsh about the film. Yeah, well, on my feed, oh, they, they dogged the shit out of it. And I would say I probably like the movie more than most. Um, there's some things, I'll tell you, when I first saw the movie, I I enjoyed it. And I think I enjoyed it a lot more than my husband, who, who I think kind of hated it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, who, who knows? He'd have to tell you himself. But, but I think, you know, what I think I really did like about the movie. So the movie starts off with that training sequence, and then it cuts to... Wonder Woman in the present day, and she's at a mall, and it's very '80s, very Stranger Things, and it it throttles up the cheese. And I think it actually works in a lot of respects. I think it's fun. I think there's something about it that I think after having so many superhero films that are so dour and so hyper serious and and just take themselves a little too seriously, I think it was nice to have something light. And so, so that in in one respect, I, I really enjoyed about it. And the 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 score is really bombastic to fit kind of this this over the top kind of action and, and kind of story. And then uh, Kristen Kristen Wiig comes into the film, and I actually think she's she's pretty good in the movie. I I know that's probably a controversial take, but I think she's she's doing the best she can with what she's been given. And she's basically playing Edward Nigma from Batman. That
1: was the first, oh, no joke. That was exactly what I was thinking, was her character introduction was very much just like that of Jim Carrey's Riddler in Batman Forever.
0: Yeah, the movie itself really feels like a throwback to, like, those 90s Joel Schumacher... Uh, yes. Things. Like, that same level of cheese, that same level of... I would say that the one thing that this movie has that those movies don't is the movie is attempting to have something to say and i think where the first wonder woman succeeds this movie fails in that i think it just gets muddled in its in its kind of takeaway i think i think it it like i like the idea of what it has to say but i the delivery it leaves something to be desired for me
1: i I thought that the 80s setting um was definitely appropriate for the underlying theme of the film uh the 80s and excess, and everything in the 80s was bigger and shinier, and the whole mantra of more, more, more. Yeah. I, I definitely remember, you know, the 80s um, and infomercials and get rich quick schemes and, and things like that. So I thought the setting was perfect. And I remember the first trailer for it, I think it came out at the end of 2019, and it had this, you know, really awesome. A remix of um, New Orders Blue Monday. And I was hyped. I was <laughs> fucking stoked just yeah. off the trailer alone. And then, you know, to watch the film play out over its pretty long 151 minutes. Oh, it's a um, super so long movie. Yeah, it, 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 you, you yeah. definitely feel it at times.
0: Yeah. Um, the and needless, I don't think it needs, it could be half that length. Like I I think you could cut out a lot of. You could
1: cut like thirty minutes out of that film, and yeah, uh, yeah. I thought you know Gal Gadot was sort of phoning it in at times. Um, Pedro Pascal, um, you know, and Kristen Wiig, like you said, they were doing the best.
0: I honestly think think they're the two best parts about the movie, and I think they they are definitely. Pedro Pascal is going for it, and he's turned up to eleven, and he is hamming it up. And I think he's having a ball. Like that's what it looks like to me. And I, I think he's probably the best part about the movie. And I, I would say that Chris Pine is also really good in the movie, as always. I think his he chemistry sort of with Dahl like, is great. So at,
1: at times he sort of looked like, "Why the hell am I even in this movie?"
0: Yeah, like, that's true. Just, yeah, he's no. That look,
1: I mean, I'll be honest. My favorite Let's, thing let's
0: ever- just get into full spoilers, by the way, with this movie. Um, hopefully, yeah, everyone's but- seen it already, but you know, we can talk about. So, as I was kind of talking about things I like before I get into it, I I kind of diverged from that real quick. Um, So, the movie starts off with that scene, and then it devolves into, you know, Barbara and Wonder Woman meeting. And um, it's, you know, there's there's some chemistry between them, and it's kind of cute and charming. And then, I think where the movie loses me is it just... I, I don't know. It's just so... It's so dry. I guess it's just boring. Like I, that, I'll just say that straight up. I think it's just it becomes like looking back on the movie. Like, like I couldn't really recount like any action scene that like I enjoyed besides like the first like fifteen to twenty minutes of the movie. Like I, none of it like registers for me. And like I, I the the one you know, there's there's one scene that I really enjoyed uh, in the third act where. Um, they're in wonder woman actually eventually very much a tribute to the original fans of the wonder woman tv series in comic of course she turns a fighter jet invisible and they fly through the sky and there's fireworks going off and the score is booming and i think that's a really effective scene and that is i think where the movie kind of loses even more steam at that point like Wonder Woman learns how to fly, and like, there's all these things that could be really, really cool, and they just they don't they're not executed well, and that's a bummer. Like there is no, it's not the Wonder Woman flight, like her learning to fly could be really cool, and like especially now, like there's a lot of really good instances in film of like flight being like like the the majesty of flight. Like I look at, I think one of the best examples of that is the How to Train Your Dragon movies that really highlight like how, like the, the experience that it must be like to, to fly. Right.
1: Well, I, 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 that scene right there sort of took me back to uh man of steel when, yeah. um, you know, Henry Cable, you know, emerges from, you know, the, his fortress of solitude and, you know, he's, you know, admiring the suit and then he's you know learning how to fly. And you see the excitement in his face when he finally, you know, he gets it, you know, he's, flying and you know with that that's sort of what that scene in wonder woman reminds me of only it, it's not as awesome as watching you know uh cable do it and man is still i gonna be honest for a 200 million dollar film it looked pretty fucking cheap at
0: times oh it did yeah that let's cut to the, the the last kind of yeah it really did just set like set cheap at the times. Film. um you know cheetah the the character that kristen wig is playing it, she looks horrendous. Like it, it I looked, mean, it
1: wasn't exactly looked, cats, but no, uh, it's pretty it, close.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, was, there were scenes where it wasn't as bad. And then when she moved, I think, is when it became really an issue. When yeah. it, it just, it, for whatever reason, it just didn't pass the eye test. And that, you know, back to some other things that I liked. Um, I, at the, when I first watched this movie the the takeaway of the movie of basically can I even like can I even remember the takeaway the because I, I at the time I remember it being like oh that's kind of nice and then as I look back on it I'm like oh geez I can't even remember what it's saying like it's it's talking about wealth and excess and it basically the movie surmises that like you're all people this is I think one thing that I saw like a really a very frequent criticism, one that I saw a lot was the movie has a really awful view of like mankind and people like basically there's this, there's a MacGuffin and a MacGuffin is just like an item in a movie that does a bunch of things that like, is, it, like propels the plot, it
1: propels but it doesn't the plot. Really explain exactly. So,
0: that is, that, sorry, I've going to, i am just going to go off the rails here. That is, I think where the movie's big problem lies is that MacGuffin, the rules are bonkers and they make no sense like that. So the the MacGuffin of the movie is basically this stone. It's like a wishing stone. Mm-hmm. And like the basically the main villain, Pedro Pascal, is like, you know what? Why can't I just wish to be the stone? So he like becomes the stone, but he's not really the stone. But like that whole thing happens and that's a mess and then, like, he's like, oh, like, if people want to make a wish, they just have to touch me and say, I wish. So, like, well, that, they also have to give up something as well. Yes. Which it's like a monkey's paw scenario. Yeah. You know, but, exactly. What well, is. I think the movie, the movie kind of, I think is, I, I don't love that, like, it's, it's basically saying, well, like, everyone wants a quick fix and everyone looks out for themselves when they make this wish. And, like, it, it feels like it. It's it's very fatalistic and I get it. Um, it's very narrow minded it is. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that I think there were some things some things that were hinted at in the trailers that I was assuming were going to happen. I I you know, I, I definitely saw that I thought that the Pedro Pascal character was going to be an allegory for Trump and, and that kind of excess. And I think if it was, that allegory didn't work for me. But
1: honestly, I think that would have been really cheap because, I think I think sometimes that people just you know, especially oh god, within the past few years, people just really want to project certain things that that are just not there. Yeah, and I think you know, and, and Pedro Pascal has even had to say that his you know character's portrayal of Maxwell Lord, it's it's not based off of Trump. It's not. I think yeah. the the '80s setting definitely um, helped in his portrayal of the character and you know i mean the film itself like i said you know yeah it it does have this very narrow view of uh mankind and how mankind operates and like just human beings in general are just selfish
0: yes very much and it also feels like the lessons that wonder woman learned from the first movie like it's like that's all gone like, it's, like, oh, now Wonder Woman is so selfish that, like, she can't give up Steve Trevor. She can't to, like, give up Steve, And yeah. it's, like, it feels like it, like, missed the point of the first movie and, like, what I think made the first movie so powerful to me was this such, like, this pure selfless being that, like, just sees only the good in humanity and believes in humanity. And I think it was really... Wonderfully endearing, if not, I think to some people maybe a little cheesy. But I think that she's selfishness. Hundred percent, yes, yes. I think it's, it's one eighty
1: the first film.
0: Yeah, like look at look at the you know the best scene in the original wonder woman is the no man's land scene nowhere does this movie come not even close to that scene like there's nothing close to that majesty and that like just emotional movement moment like i i cried multiple times with the the first wonder woman and that just didn't happen here like i the last conclusion of the movie where they're trying to like Like, you can tell that they're trying to manipulate you to, like, become emotional and, like, really hit you, like, turn the the knife, so to speak, and and kind of hit you with this emotional wallop, and it just doesn't, it it falls flat. You probably cried
1: tears of joy when the credits started to roll.
0: (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> I, You know, I I was grateful that we had another movie to watch this day. Uh, I'll just tell you that. I was grateful that we had a much better movie in Seoul to watch <laughs> after that. Um, so I, that was good because it definitely soured soured the afternoon.
1: I mean, I'm going to put it this way. Um, Wonder Woman 84, um, if you want to watch it now, uh, you've missed your chance if you wanted to watch it this on HBO Max. Be because like I said
0: are any Yeah.
1: So if your only option is to watch the film theatrically, if cinemas happen to be open where you live, otherwise... um, You can rent it. You can rent it digitally. I know the the physical copy comes out in March, which I will definitely pick up to add to the collection, and I'm actually excited to watch the film in 3D. Uh, I've been missing 3D films, um, you know, since cinemas um, have uh, closed down, but Um, I will spend the extra money to import it because even though, no, I'm not crazy about the film, I do support the efforts. I do want to see these type of films to continue to be made. And even though these films cannot make all of their money at the box office, um, there are other avenues where a film can make revenue. And one of that is either buying the film digitally or buying a physical copy of it. So I will definitely pick it up.
0: And I think that's the thing is like Wonder Woman is such a beloved character and like the idea of like, like such a strong, empathetic woman that I think represents the best of like what women as a gender have to like give to humanity and why I think controversial take why I think they're the superior gender. And I think Wonder Woman reflects that really well of like this, this just goodness, this inherent goodness. And I, I, this movie just doesn't doesn't do that for me i think the one m- moment that i think a lot of people probably enjoyed is the kind of the cut scene or the uh post-credit scene with the, uh, linda carter yeah um so she shows up as a character that's mentioned in the movie and it just makes me wonder if because there's going to be a third movie there it's it's all but guaranteed it just i hope that patty jenkins can wrap this up in an an emotionally satisfactory way and i uh, i hope that i i just hope that maybe she brings in another writer to like help her i or maybe this movie was just like there's so much meddling with the studio that i don't i don't know what happened but you know also well, i think I'm trying to
1: find its place direction. in the dc extended universe i think yeah because if you look at films post Justice League? Yeah, this movie came out just
0: post-justice. Yeah, it's post-justice league. She Mm -hmm. was right before Justice League came out, and then Justice League came out, and then the studio was like, oh, man, that didn't work. We need to quickly, course correct.
1: I'm gonna tell you, man, Warner Brothers, Jeff Johns, Walter Hamada, I don't know what the fuck these people are doing, but there's no clear direction, because um, Aquaman, and Aquaman cheesy as hell, but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Shazam loved it and then wonder woman 84 and i'm like i don't even know where this film's place and the dc cinematic universe even stands
0: yeah look you could have done look at aquaman in the way that it is it's like a saturday morning like like a serial like a, like a, i almost imagine like a cartoon like a saturday morning cartoon in the best ways wonder woman could have totally pulled that off and been just easily as and, and e- fun easily you know and it didn't but you know there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel i i think last year the best dc movie was birds of prey i really enjoyed birds of prey i thought it's it's a really fun movie it's a really like well it wasn't shot. really
1: hard <laughs> i did enjoy
0: birds of prey yeah um
1: I not think that, that it was great but it was a much more enjoyable ride than wonder woman
0: yeah and i think that i think um harley quinn is is a, i'm forgetting the actress's name justin uh, margot robbie margot robbie is great and i think that's i think margot robbie and ewan mcgregor are both really good in that movie so i think they kind of rise the movie a little bit above it yeah they, they do um, i and enjoy I'm, that casting i think suicide squad from the uh, kind of everything oh, yeah, the squad, yeah. coming out about it i'm excited I think james gunn has proved himself to be a great director and he's also someone that really all of his movies are really fun at least the the last two the guardians of the galaxy movies are, are super fun it'll be interesting to see if this movie is more like some of the films that i don't love of his filmography like super i don't know if you've ever seen super super, or, super yeah or uh S- slither yeah to me super ended up feeling a little bit gross like i feel icky after watching it and that isn't a thing that happens to me often and Before, even though he didn't direct it but uh brightburn he oh, produced yeah, it i did not watch brightburn i know some of my some Woo, people in my life really enjoy it it's a rough it. movie
1: it's a yeah. rough movie
0: yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens so in the end i would probably give i'd probably with justin i i would probably give wonder woman 1984 a two and a half out of out of five um so you know, that's one.
1: Wonder- me. It's just straight up two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Don't don't you don't need to watch it. And the next movie that we wanted to talk about is Tenet. We all believe we've run into
1: the burning building, but until we feel that heat, we can never know. you
0: do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues.
1: That test you passed? Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do,
0: I need some idea of the threat we face.
1: As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear holocaust? No. Something worse. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too.
0: start looking at the world in a new way.
1: do try to understand it. Feel it. What happened here? Hasn't happened yet. I love
0: Tenet. I'm not gonna lie, I know
1: you're not crazy about it, but I loved it. I saw. I saw.
0: I just want to go, go go off, Justin. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna meet myself, and I'm just gonna let you talk for a second about how much you love Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, I enjoyed it, and the thing is, the thing about Tenet, the movie has flaws. I I'm not blind to that. I'm I am not just a blind devotee or follower of Christopher Nolan, but I, I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite Nolan film, but the more I watch the film, the more I really do appreciate it. Um, It's definitely a case of spectacle um, style over substance, even though there is some substance there. I I definitely... uh, like. I saw the movie two days in a row when it dropped. I saw the film in IMAX, uh, IMAX Laser, Dolby Cinema, uh, 4DX. I saw the film in multiple formats. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun ride. And, you know, the really the the journey of getting that film to the screen during a pandemic, I can imagine it wasn't easy. And, you know, some people say that the movie flopped. I I don't really look at it as it flopped because the film, um, I I think it made like 350, 360 worldwide. And I think the film, if it was a normal theatrical release cycle, I think the film probably could have easily have cleared... Not necessarily too much more than what it made. I think it could have made maybe close to five hundred, maybe topped at four fifty. Um, the film is doing very well, and it's um, you know digital format and you know physical format. So people are liking the film. I think it holds a steady like seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes and like a seven point five on IMDb. And I see the film definitely being more of a cult classic and appreciate it more over time instead of the, you know, just people loving it outright like with previous Nolan films.
0: I I am so glad that you enjoyed it as much as you did. And I'm glad that you understood it a lot more than I did. I I I really, really wanted to love Tenet. And I, I went into it, I guess, not really knowing what to expect. I thought the trailers were really intriguing. And so I expected, I think... A movie like like Inception, for example, which I think the movie, there's a lot of similarities to Inception in my mm-hmm. head when I think about the movie. I, I adore Inception. I think it's one of my probably top 50 favorite films. And so I was I had a really high bar. And I think I went into this movie expecting the greatness of Inception for me. And it fell flat. Like it just, the movie is incoherent at best. It's tonally just absolute mess and and it has the movie has no heart like no it's soulless it's it's basically everything that has been wrong with christopher nolan amplified to 11 it's like i the the movie like it i i i guess full spoilers for this film not that i could explain it in a it's been out long enough way. to
1: where i think enough people have seen it so we we can definitely
0: dive yeah. in um so the movie starts off with a scene where it basically it's it, you it like a lot of films like i think about like almost like a pulp fiction or something where the the beginning of the movie you could say that it's not the end of the movie but like i guess the it movie is jumping to you the right that, in the middle of the, the action with no context yes no and it, and it basically never it It explains what's happening in the clunkiest way possible in the Nolianist Christopher Nolian And the loudest word. way possible yes. Loud. um, so and John david Washington, who i i adored in in the uh, forgive me Justin, I'm having a complete uh, black black Klansman. black Klansman. I thought he was fantastic I thought he i I think was he nominated for an Oscar if he wasn't, he should have been he was great I was no. He's great in Black Blackhandsman. I thought it was a big coming out party for him and I totally understand why he got this big role and I was really excited to see him. I think he's he's a nothing burger. Like there's not much going on and I don't think it's his fault. I think the way his character's written, he doesn't even have a name, guys. He, he is, his name in the movie is protagonist. Like, Literally, in the credits, so the protagonist. If that, if that isn't representative like if that doesn't it's represent not- that's hot. I it. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's So dumb. I'm sorry. It's just terrible. And it oh, just like a... never like justifies that. And it's like the last like the conclusion of the movie. It's like, well, maybe you were the protagonist all along. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, gee. oh,
1: yeah. And, you know, and, and this is, and I and I love the fact that Connor and I. And when I say clash, uh, I mean it just simply we just don't agree. That's quite exciting. On the film, <laughs> that, that's all. That there, and there's nothing wrong with disagreements about that. Uh, you know that that's what made Siskel and Ebert so great. It was funny to see them spar verbally about why you know, and it seemed like Ebert seemed to like films, certain films more than um, Siskel did. Cause yeah. Siskel, he, he came out with the claws like I it's hate it's this shit. I'll let You know why?
0: Yeah, you know for yeah. sure,
1: and it's interesting.
0: Uh, I I loved Siskel and Ebert. That was that was what made me want to review yeah. movies. To, oh yeah, it, it was the dynamic, and, yeah. and for me the thing about Tenant,
1: it's like I said earlier. There's definitely more style there than substance. I'm gonna put it this way. Look, I don't know when the hell No Time to Die will come out. I hope it comes out before I die, but. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, this is going to be the closest we get to a new James Bond movie for a while. And the thing about um, Nolan, I know Nolan wanted to direct a James Bond film, but he just felt maybe it's not the you know right time. And the first time I thought that he would be a great addition to the James Bond you know um, universe is because of Inception, because to me, Inception... Is very Bond-like in so many ways. And certain scenes in that movie, the score, uh, the ski sequence, um, reminded me so much of all Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, wardrobe and everything. It just so Joseph much like.
0: Levitt feels yeah. like a Bond. Like he feels yeah. like James Bond. I. It's interesting because I. More so about DiCaprio's character. Yes, very much. I think that the, it's interesting. I think that problem where the main character is kind of a cipher begins in a movie like that, but it works for me. Like, like Le- Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like he, every, every Christopher Nolan movie now seems to be about like a dad that's regretting not being there with his kids. It seems you, like oh, that's yeah, kind of is, like the, yeah. the thing that they're all going for interstellar inception, mm-hmm. uh, even, um, I'm trying even to think the there's... Prestige. Yes. Yes, very much. And I love the prestige. Let me tell you, that's my favorite Nolan film. And, um, so to, to kind of get back to kind of my problem. So the movie starts out and the movie, like it, it, it the movie even tells you, it's like, Hey, like it, one of the characters I think even says outright, like, like it's not worth explaining this plot to you. Like, like, don't, don't stop thinking like just, just enjoy it. Basically. Just
1: feel it. Just go with it. Yes,
0: yeah. and it's like, uh, no, that's that's a problem with the, your script. <laughs> I, think, I think I think it's 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 a hard thing because I don't know how you make this movie coherent. Like the idea of it is so bold, and like I'll, I'll give the movie this. Like it's it's such a like a, a huge concept. Like the idea that like, and I yeah, I couldn't even quite fathom like how to explain it to you. Of like like some people are reversed and some people aren't. And then, but then, what also happens is like, for some reason, when I start to think about it too much, it actually becomes really silly. And like that takes away from like the power the movie has to me. Like even like the scene where John David Washington is revealed to be fighting himself, which I think is a really effective fight scene. And I think that's probably the best the best the best set piece the movie has. That and the I think the the freeway chase is interesting. But it it doesn't. I mean, it's not. It's nowhere near like a Matrix Reloaded, Freeway Chase, or even Bad Boys Two. No, or, no. Um, oh, Bad it, Boys Two. Oh man, Whew, don't even get me started on that scene. Yeah, you know, or even Hot Fuzz, which is a movie that's ripping off Bad Boys, but doing it right in, in a in a fantastic way. Um, I just think it, it the movie really wants like to be huge, and like it wants you to be like, oh man, this is so big, but like it. It doesn't take the time to make you care about anyone in the movie. Like, a, the, I, I couldn't even explain to you, like, the point of any character. Like, I, the movie is so convoluted that, like, I couldn't tell you, like, why John David Washington is doing what he's doing. Why uh, any of the main characters are doing what they're doing. And, and it's frustrating to me because the cast is so good. I think Robert Pattinson is really, really charming in the movie. I don't think he, like, I, I don't know how to explain his character to you, but I think he's really charming. Um, you know, and, and when I watched the film theatrically, I was looking, number
1: one, I was looking to make sure people had their mask on. And number two, I wanted to sort of judge people's reaction. And, you know, I had to sort of look at their eyes. You know, yeah. to see how people were reacting or how people were sitting—that's the one thing. That's the interesting thing about going to the movies during a pandemic: is seeing people spaced out and wearing masks and trying to judge their reaction.
0: When you talk, oh, sorry, I wanted to say when you talk about masks, and mask wearing, and Inception, I think about that really kind of weird and oddly comical uh tom cruise clip where he goes to see tenet and like the mission impossible music is playing and oh has,
1: yeah
0: yeah and it's like he yeah. has the mask with the valve which now is like we know like isn't a good idea and like ah, actually Tommy, effectively yeah and it's just like it, it, i just when i think about that i think about the these two things are now intertwined in my head and like it's just it's hard to. Well, uh, like, I don't uh,
1: know if what they're teaching in Dianetics, but yeah, you ain't supposed to be wearing that mask. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but and you know, yeah, it was you know it was strange to see that many people show up for a film during a pandemic, and I and I saw some people walk out and they didn't come back in. I'm thinking, damn, the, wow, maybe they just see the movie. Yeah, I can just sort of tell. And the with each subsequent viewing, the audience was less. To one point. The last time I went to go see the movie, it was just me in the auditorium. Oh, J- just me, you're, just me. <laughs> I admire and, your hoots, bud you're 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 definitely a devoted <laughs> fan. <laughs> and you know, for, for me, and I, I see what you're saying. Where a lot, because a lot of people said that the film is soulless. There are shades of emotion in the film, and I'm not going to lie, especially when you really think about robert pattinson's character's fate it's really sad and 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 certain in certain aspects and also admirable
0: Can i cut you off though like it's sad but like where does the movie take the time to like even show that like like it's like oh like here's what he did but like like they don't they don't linger yes. on that they don't like they don't actually give that they don't voice. really
1: linger on anything because a, a lot of it's just drawn out throughout the film but you know you can tell that once Robert Pattinson's character uh, Neil really starts to reveal that he knows more than what he's letting on to the protagonist you know. Mm-hmm. Then it's it's starting to sort of click a little bit, even at the very beginning when Neil introduces himself to the protagonist uh, before they go. You know, uh, I'm bungee, sorry yeah, every time jumping, you say the protagonist, yeah. I'm just like. It's, oh, so because, uh, so the it's hot, Connor. It's hot. I don't, <laughs> don't care what you say. It's <laughs> hot. It's, it's hot. so it's terrible. Bad ass. I'm gonna name my kid protagonist. Protagonist. <laughs> oh, protagonist. <laughs> what I'm saying it's different in a way and so you can just definitely tell that just through dialogue that There's a connection there. And even though, you know, and the thing is that the characters or the actors, when they read the script to the film, they weren't given the entire script up front. They were, trust me, they were just as confused making the film than we were watching it.
0: What would the script even look like if they were given the movie? Would they, like, if they (laughs) were given the whole script, would they understand it anymore? Because I would say no.
1: Michael Caine said, look, I showed up. I was given a script to read. Don't ask me what I did. I know
0: I'm in the movie. That's it. I haven't even, I don't even remember Michael Caine's role in the movie. (laughs) uh, Oh man. I mean, I like the cast. I, I will say that I, I like, like I, as, as actors, whether I liked them in this movie or not, I really like, I liked all of them in it. Um, I'm thinking of the the main. I'm like Kenneth
1: kidding. Yep. was like for me, like sort of like the link week in the film. His his character, yeah, and, no. I mean, he was hamming it up. Um, I could definitely tell you that because of how the film was mixed sound wise. I
0: really couldn't understand a damn word he was saying most of the time. What is that with Christopher Nolan? Why why are his sound mixes so bad? I don't understand. Like. What, it's loud. Wow, interstellar what was the same. Way like, no one, was does a... no one tell him like it, this? This is what I think is like getting to my like big thing. Like my big takeaway from this movie is it reminds me of M Night Shyamalan and like what I think undid him. And now it seems like he's picking up the pieces a little bit. But like no one told M Night Shyamalan no, and it it built and built and built, and that problem got worse and worse and worse until we got Avatar: The Last Airbender. And like that movie is like, horrendous, about village. horrendous. Yeah. I, and I kind of like the village. I know that's a hot take, but I kind of <laughs> enjoy parts of the village. I, I don't think that was the beginning of the, I think lady in the water was lady probably the water. Bad. Um, and some people even don't like signs. So that could even be something I, I've heard. Some people don't like that movie, but I think that, you know, as a director, M night Shyamalan had, Honestly, like two of like his like first three movies were some of the best, like the best like three movie start of any director. Like he was getting compared to Steven oh, Spielberg.
1: Man, they were calling him the next Spielberg and
0: yada yada yada.
1: And then
0: it's a phenomenal. The Village came out.
1: People were like, "Nah, he's not the next Spielberg." And then Lady and the dr- Water dropped, and he was
0: like, "He's really not the next Spielberg." <laughs> <laughs> Then, then I don't people, know. the trees were talking to us, and the trees were out to get us.
1: But Which, I can definitely see what you're talking about with Nolan. Like nobody wants to say no. And do I think Tenet will take the winds out of his sail? Some sure, absolutely. And yeah. uh, you know he's beefing right now with Warner Brothers because of this whole. Um, hybrid release strategy and in I terms of so so something
0: yeah i'll tell you like i'm glad I'm, I'm really grateful you went to the movies and i'm i know you are safe as safe as you can be but like i still am not really enthused and happy with the fact that he released it in theaters like i i don't i feel like that was irresponsible he now that was we- so
1: adamant to push it out there theatrically where you know what i would have been
0: fine waiting i really would have like, you just, you start to wonder, like, what would have happened if, like, we wouldn't have done that. Like, you know, like, after that, then the UK got bad again. And, like, I, you know, I can't, hindsight is twenty twenty but, like, I can't, it's just that, that also is kind of uh, irritant for me. But what's interesting is, like, I see a lot of people that are, like, you know, there's a lot of problems with the movie, but it's, it like, the spectacle works for me. And, like, right. for whatever reason, like, it just doesn't for me. Like, I, I had... We've we it's been a month since we watched this movie and, and Justin has watched it a few times and like I, I knew I should I, I need to rewatch this movie, but I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't sit down to watch it again. I had no you desire. You should somehow
1: figure out a way and to I have did. a watch party while, you know, you're 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 in Palm Springs, I'm in Aurora, and we yeah. can have a watch party and just watch it and <laughs> commentate while watching it.
0: Oh yes. That'll that would be a fun I mean, uh, I don't
1: mean to drag you back in uh, because yeah. oh. I mean, uh, that's okay. Yeah, half hours
0: for you. <laughs> you know?
1: um, yeah, I mean, I'm oh. trying to be a good friend and look out for you. But if you feel bold enough, then brother, I'm with
0: you. on it. <laughs> Oh no! I don't even know what movie to punish you with if we're going to do that to me.
1: You know, well, that's okay, man. I'll sit. I'll sit through Wonder
0: Woman 1984 again. You know, I'm just saying if, if that needs to be my penance. Hey, I, I know what it is. Um, you didn't love the Last Jedi. I love the Last Jedi. You could sit through the Last Jedi, and we can talk about that movie, and then I'll have you'll have me sit through Tenet.
1: You know, I could do that. I actually like Last Jedi. I wasn't crazy about it as you were. Yeah. I can see The Last Jedi. Now, if you're telling me I got to sit through Rise of Skywalker again, I'm going to need to
0: prepare myself. I actually and... kind of like as a Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid, stupid movie in a lot of ways. I, I enjoy it, I think. For... The funny thing
1: about Rise of Skywalker is that the first six minutes of Tenet that's where i saw the prologue for that film was during the rise of skywalker and imax
0: oh man i didn't see rise of skywalker and imax so i missed that completely that would have been really cool though and yeah
1: because nolan has this thing of um he did it he started doing it with uh the Dark Knight Rises. Um, so dark the first night, six minutes actually. of the film would play in uh, play before Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. With the Dark Knight, it was the and
0: it was the, um, the bank the bank heist the, was the first time that they did it for The Dark Knight. Well, yes, in fact, they did it. Yeah, because they did it before I Am Legend. You're right,
1: yep. absolutely right. And he did it with The Dark Knight Rises. I don't remember him doing something for, and well, no, because Inception.
0: But he didn't do anything was for not Inception, in IMAX, or, or X- Stellar. Or
1: or interstellar but he did it again for uh dunkirk as well you know showed right. a little snippet of that um and and that's the thing about nolan i mean he's definitely an awesome filmmaker you know um
0: really gave a lot of weight he's doing you know, I, things I, that I'm no trying. one else is doing like I, <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll give that. like this is an idea that like like, it's it's bonkers, and I'm sure when he pitched it, they were just like, excuse me? But, like, they, they gave him all the money because, like, he... I mean, because his if, track record speaks for itself. Yeah, and I I, I guarantee that if the, if this movie came out in theaters without a pandemic, it would have made tons of money. Like, I, I don't... I, th- I, I think it would have topped about a, easily a, a cool 450
1: maybe $500 million.
0: Yeah, I think it... It was, wouldn't have made a billion dollars. Yeah. Oh, you're saying in f- worldwide? Worldwide, it wouldn't have made a billion dollars. I think here in the states, I state, think here in the somehow still would have. But I think it would have topped different. at about like two fifty. I just think it, even like a movie like Dunkirk, which was you know a small world war film, that movie still made like over like close to a what was it? It made, it made, like,
1: five, it made a little over five hundred million. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Dunkirk had. I mean, so a hundred million dollars, you know, we're talking about a hundred million dollars, like it's a low budget movie. But for Christopher Nolan, considering his past films he's made, which have easily topped two hundred million dollar budgets, yeah. yeah, Dunkirk, for as epic as that film was, was scaled in terms of production,
0: it's and it's, still turned to profit. Oh, totally. No, it's it's interesting. I'm looking. In my, my uh, inside, a uh, little uh, peek behind the curtain. I record this podcast in our closet, um, in our, our clothing closet in our bedroom. <laughs> and in the closet, I have a popcorn bucket of Black Widow. And I'm just thinking, like, what is the alternate universe where we've seen all these movies and we saw them all in theaters? Like, what would be the top film of that, of that summer? Like, I, I Ooh, wonder. Wow. Yeah.
1: Everything came out on time like it should have yesterday. My pick for top film probably probably would have possibly been Black Widow. I think uh, might be right. People are chomping at the bit for Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, I am excited. If, I really want to oh, dive yeah. into
0: vision with you at some point when you actually commit to watching it because I think I think it's well, the I, most important episode. Oh yeah, I think honestly, it's the most bold thing that Marvel's done, and I think as it goes on, this fourth episode in particular, I think like there, it's I think has the potential to draw in a lot of people that weren't watching Marvel, and like I think the Mandalorian is doing for a lot of people, I think it's reinventing Marvel, and and I think. Bringing in people that that weren't maybe brought into like the Mandalorian is huge, and I think one of is doing pretty well for itself also. So
1: I think Marvel and Star Wars knew that if they were going to survive, that they definitely had to reinvent themselves yeah. after their big cinematic events. And so you know, coming yeah, like the Mandalorian has definitely um, given a new life to the star Wars franchise and WandaVision one division is doing the same for the Marvel cinematic universe. And I'm looking very much forward to Falcon and the winter soldier in March. And I, I hope black widow can still come out I hope and so commit too. to what's, but if not, you know what I'm going to tell people, like I said, I I've gone to the movies during this time and I can tell you this, I definitely feel safer going to the multiplex than I do going to, um, Pick up groceries because the theaters have definitely stepped up their safety protocols by, you know, making sure people are socially distanced, uh, stepping up the sanitizing and, you know, just making sure that there's not big crowds congregating um, at the multiplex. And so I'll put it this way. People should do um, what they feel safe doing. Um, I'm not encouraging people to go out in big numbers to the movies or saying you must watch this in a cinema yeah. because regardless of where you go, I still take those precautions. I, I'm a COVID survivor. I was one of the earliest cases in Colorado and, you know, after recovery and stuff like that, I definitely made sure that I'm always taking those precautions. And when I go to the movies, I definitely wear my mask Um Making sure that, you know, the only time that it's just, you know, when I'm having popcorn, um, making sure that I'm sitting apart from people. Even if I'm getting an assigned seat, once the movie starts, if nobody else comes in, mm-hmm. I actually move further away from people if I feel people are moving close to me. And I've been able to watch the sanitation process many times when, you know, the ushers come in. And use the new, you know, um, sanitizing equipment to really sanitize seats where people sat. So if you feel comfortable, go. If not, that's perfectly okay. And even though a lot of people have a problem, you know, actors in particular yeah. who were relying on box office profits for whatever deal they had in place, um, Warner Brothers' move, as controversial as it is, they're giving people the chance to watch these films at home, um, you know, for at least 30 days. And then wherever theaters are open, you know, the film will run its course there before it comes, you know, back to the home environment, whether via uh, video on demand or physical copies. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll get back to a, a world when multiplexes can be crowded again. But oh, until for sure, there, you do what you got to do. And I encourage everybody to be safe.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a great place to, to kind of wrap it up. I, I, I also wanted to say, so with with the movie, with Tenet, what would you rate it? Because I feel like it was one of your favorite movies that you saw last year. It was. I, know, I, I would give it a solid three out of four. Okay. That's not as high as I was actually expecting. <laughs> yeah, I, like I
1: said, I, I can admit that the film has faults,
0: uh, yeah. but I definitely,
1: I will say it's a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's not, It's definitely not going to be
0: everybody's cup of tea, and and that's okay. I would say I'd probably give this movie a like a two, maybe a two. I'm I'm hesitant to even you, do that. Like, just give it
1: one, Connor. Give it a one.
0: Yeah, I was thinking like a, like a rating review. I would definitely probably give it a D. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, look like in school. If you got a D, that means you passed. <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's something i i don't know it's so weird how some movies just like for whatever reason they just don't work for you and you see all the people that's i think what's been really interesting for me about this movie is i've seen all these people around me all these critics that i really respect that are like yeah the movie's a mess and all these things but like we really enjoyed it and then like i'm like okay the movie's a mess and there's no and for me like it's just like (laughs) you know so sound like my
1: fourth grade teacher no (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> you don't even get it. You don't even get an F plus. It's
0: just an F. <laughs> Fuck. You're, you're an F. <laughs> but, you know, it, we'll see what happens with Christopher Nolan's next project. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm also excited to see what we get for blockbusters this year. Um, I'm more and more optimistic that, you know, as as vaccine rollout actually gets better and better in a lot of these states, not in California, but in a lot of states. A lot of people are getting vaccines pretty quickly, and it feels like it's it's going quicker than I think we thought. And from what I've read, it seems like we're things are looking up, and and there's a potential that we could really really have a handle on this by summer, um, as long as these new variants don't. Um,
1: I hope so. Out. Um, I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm optimistic. Yeah. Um, and like I said, people, you know, look, like, you know, um, like I said, you know, I know people are like. I'm over it. Trust, yep. you may be over it, but it's not over. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. And I do believe at some point this year, um, we'll definitely be able to walk outside without a mask. Uh, but we just need to hold tight a little longer. I, I can't I can't put a deadline or a timeline on it, but I, I'm definitely confident.
0: Wear um, a mask just like the yeah. protagonist.
1: Yeah. There you go. Wear a mask when you're inverted.
0: We're, you're we're all inverted right un- inverted. now. So we're going to do inversion well, and then we'll okay. be good. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right, guys. Yeah, be safe. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening. And, and thank you so much for all your support. Um, I also wanted to take this time because I didn't do it in the beginning of the show to thank all of uh, my Patreon supporters and my personal Patreon page. And in particular, I wanted to shout out all the patrons that support me at the highest tier, uh, Doug Shoemaker and Jordan Rock. Thank you all so, so much. I appreciate it. And also, thank you so much for all the people that have taken the time to review our show on iTunes or wherever you can review it. If you guys could take the time, if you're listening to this, go and just leave a five-star review and just like a quick sentence review the more reviews that we get the the more that will appear like in the search algorithm so to speak it's the be- the quickest way for us to actually grow this podcast so that would mean a lot to us and um yeah i hope you guys are all doing well and wishing you guys the best and uh just do you have anything else to say before we go uh i have
1: nothing else to add other than uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll uh, see you next time
0: see you next time bye guys Yay! It's done. that was fun. That was fun. I didn't expect myself to get so animated about a movie that I saw a month ago. You know, you know. But I think we were playing off each other really well too, dude. I hate. I. I. I it's. I'm hesitant to say, but I almost hate Tenant. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh boy. If you hate it, let that hate out. <laughs> no, I need to just reveal it. I've been. I've been hesitant to like talk about things i hate on this podcast like for the last like year but i sometimes think that like people like to hear it so i'm just like okay i'm just gonna talk about it we're not gonna pull any punches anymore